1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. And today I was going to continue uh, in our series on, I had planned to continue in our series on kingdom family. And I just, you know, when you, when you catch the wind on something with God, you got to go. You got to follow him. And so I was um, just inspired this week. And, um, you know, I was asking the Lord whether or not to read uh, this to you, but I'm going to read this to you for context. Okay. And I want to talk today about what we carry. Let's read it. I'll start with the scripture. Father, we thank you for your help today. And even in this short time, I thank you that your seed is eternal. and It is full of life. And when it goes out, it creates life. It always does what it's sent out to do. Because your word is power. And God, I thank you for that. So have your way. Speak to our hearts and change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 1, says, When I, so this is Paul, came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. Another one says, with persuasive words. For I did not think it was a good idea to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation, or my message and my preaching, were not with persuasive words of wisdom, there it is, but with the powerful demonstration by the Spirit. So that, say so that. So that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. <laughs> so good. And um, somebody, I, I saw the message this morning, somebody messaged in um, to our Mountain Chapel Facebook page asking what translation I've been reading out of. So if you're here today, it's the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It's, it's, the, it's a new Bible that I got. I've been reading through it this year. And I'm really enjoying it. And um, it's on, it is on you version. So I'm using it in my Bible and I'm also using it on you version. Actually, Brian's got it. So you don't even have to go buy it. Just download the app and you can use it. Amen. So I really like it. I'm enjoying it, getting a fresh look. It's, a, it's an excellent translation. I've done quite a bit of reading. Holman Christian Standard Bible. So, when I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God, I did not come with brilliance of speech or of wisdom. Go down to verse 4. My speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words. Right? I didn't try to talk you into something. That's what he's saying. I didn't try to wear you out with words and talk you into something. But I came with a powerful demonstration by the Spirit. So that your faith might not be based in men's wisdom, but on God's power. Amen. So, you know, Dr. Randy Clark last year was in his healing school. And he was sharing about the demographic, if you will, of the day that we live in. Like where this generation is, those who don't know God in this generation. He, and, he, and he was talking about how it, times have changed even from the Billy Graham era. Okay, so in the Billy Graham era, 
most of society, not everybody, I understand that, but most of society, if you were to say the Bible says, there would be a reverence and a respect for that. So even if they didn't follow God, if you go, the Bible says, they'd go, well, the, I mean, the, it's the Bible. You know, it's, and there was an understanding that it was God's word. So simply to say, the Bible says, actually carried an incredible amount of weight in that day. I'm not saying it doesn't carry weight today. And I'm not saying that I don't use the scripture when sharing the gospel. Of course I do. However, what Randy was, what Dr. Randy Clark was sharing was that in this day, there's so much of the world in this generation is unchurched. In other words, there are kids, there literally are some kids who think Jesus Christ is just something you say when you're frustrated. No, it's so sad. Like they, but they, they don't even realize that this is the Son of God. Like, this is a person. This is God become flesh. When I was growing up, if you just said Jesus, most everybody knew who Jesus was. You know. And so his point in sharing this was that he said, you know, and, and again, aside from the anointing of the Spirit, right? Anything you say under the anointing has an impact on people. And, and, um, and that's actually what we're getting into today. But, but he's saying that more than ever, there is a need for the kingdom of God to come in power. And so that this is a generation that needs an experience with God. But how many know we all do? Right? How many know being born is an experience? Was anybody born that didn't, you know, that wasn't that much of an experience? I've watched my children be born, and I can tell it's an experience for them. It's an experience for me, but I can tell it's an experience for them. You see those eyes going around like, what is this world I'm in, you know? And um, I, got a, I have a video of my son being born, and, and he's crying. And then in the video, my father-in-law was, was videotaping it. They carry him in to weigh him on the scale, and he's crying. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I start talking to him. The minute he hears my voice, he, his, his cry goes silent, and he looks. And he's like, he's looking in my direction like, I know that voice. You know, so he's having an experience. And how many know that if being born in the natural is an experience, then being born again is surely an experience, right? And, I mean, how, how is a spirit birth going to be less impactful in our life than our natural birth? And so everyone needs to be born of God. And so Randy was making the point that it's really important that we understand that the roots of the gospel, that it is a gospel of power. That when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out with power. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out devils, freely receive, freely give. He sent them out whatever city or town you go into. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the leper. So they, they went out into these towns and they came back all excited. So, so at the very foundation of the gospel, it is not just a church message, right? It, it, it's not just a creed that Christians recite some powerless words. But in fact, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. 
It says that the, it doesn't consist in words, but in power. It's not made out of words. It's made out of power. Now, we can go further into that and talk about how God's word is power. But we'll leave that for another day. But, it, but, it, but that is the fact. Here's the beautiful thing. God's word is power. Not only is it power, but it releases power. Amen. And so, so a demonstration of the Spirit, the other translation says Spirit and of power. I think that's interesting. So Paul says, when I came to preach to you, I didn't come with a bunch of flowery words to try to talk you into something. Or another translation says eloquent speech. I didn't come with eloquent speech to impress you that I was the world's best communicator. And because of that, you would follow me and do what I say. This was not... The thing. And I think this is amazing because if anybody, if anybody in that day could have come and impressed you with eloquent speech and knowledge, it would have been the Apostle Paul. He, it says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Pharisees prided themselves on knowing the law, the Bible. Matter of fact, they could recite it. They could just open their mouth, and just spew out the Torah, and just recite endlessly God's Word. And it says, and so this was a Pharisee. And now, but Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. So Paul was the Pharisee that all the Pharisees were saying, man, Paul is the man. He is like the best one of us. Like, if I wish I could be the Pharisee that, that Paul is, you know. And I understand the word Pharisee in this day, you know, has a, because of the way Jesus dealt with the Pharisees, it's not, it doesn't sound like a compliment, but they weren't ashamed to be called that. To them, it was an esteem, it was a highly esteemed role in their society, in their societal structure. And, and so, suffice to say that if, if Paul wanted to come to you and impress you with his knowledge, if you could be impressed by knowledge, Paul would blow your mind. He could do it. And you'd probably walk away going, man, did you, the way he speaks, the way, you know, you'd be like, you'd be reeling. Your intellect would be dizzied, you know, I mean, you know. And, and so this Paul, this scholar, if you will, think of the best scholar of the day, right? Think of like uh, Ravi Zacharias, only not filled with the Holy Spirit. And then. You know, and, and, and like, but you know what I'm saying? Like intellect. And it was this intellectual, this man. Do you understand how humbling it must have been for Paul? It was a choice he had to make to put aside his credentials and say, actually, I have determined to know nothing except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And my message and my preaching will not be with persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power. That's amazing. And I was, and I, it, I, I realized that, that, you know, when, when man has it man's way, and what I, you know what I mean by that, man not under the influence of God's leading. Like, man has it man's way, not God's way. What happens to the message is that it gets more complicated than ever. 
There, there's more rules than ever. I mean, the Pharisees had rules for their rules. They had more rules than God. They really did. Like, God gave them the law, and they just go, man, if, if rules are good, we're going to make so many more rules. You know, they had a rule for everything. And, 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 uh, anyway, so, so when, when man gets a hold of it, you know, somebody said that the mind makes an excellent servant, but a horrible master. When your plan to live out truth and avoid deception is trusting in how intelligent you are, you're already deceived. Now, that is the truth. The only secure way to stay in truth is to trust the one who leads us and guides us into all truth, the Holy Spirit. Because there is no righteousness apart from faith. <laughs> it's amazing. And so, so the demonstration of spirit and power. So with, with man, it gets, it gets really wide and super shallow. But with God, it's simple but deep. Endless steps. Endless steps. So, so with man, we've got a million rules. You can't even remember them all. But with God, he says, it's Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that simple message is backed by power. Power. You feel that? The anointing? Power. And it says the spirit, pneuma, which is the Spirit of God, Numa, which is the breath of God, or it is God Himself, the Spirit of God, but it's breath. It's the breath of God. Which, by the way, which, by the way, <laughs> okay, so, um, uh, uh, by the way, the breath of God breathed into Adam, created life. Okay, I'm not going to unpack that. Um, but it says the spirit, the pneuma, the breath, and power, dunamis, dynamis, dunamis. It means strength, power, ability, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing um, exerts and puts forward. It's power for, this is what it means, okay, if you study it. It means... Moral power and excellence of soul. So it's power for everything you need. Life and godliness. He'll make you moral. He'll make you righteous. He'll change you from the inside out. It's, it's power for performing miracles essential to the gospel. Somebody said, and I, and I believe this, somebody, and now it's me too, says that, that if, that the, that the gospel without Signs and wonders and miracles is not the full gospel. It's just not. It, and, if, and if you're not comfortable with that statement, which I think we all are, it's more easily said the gospel without power with signs, wonders, and miracles is not the gospel that Jesus taught and demonstrated. It is not the gospel that Paul taught and demonstrated. It, it was not the gospel that John taught, lived, demonstrated, Peter all the apostles, there were signs and wonders and miracles throughout. And so the word went forward and the signs followed. And these signs can be, here's what they can be, okay? I was thinking about this. I'll tell you what they could be. I was thinking about this. I was out running 
in the sunshine this weekend. And I was realizing that memorial stones, even if you look back into the Old Testament, when were memorial stones set up? Memorial stones were set up when God did something powerful. He made a covenant. He part, he, he stopped up the Jordan. He parted the Red Sea. They set up memorial stones. Why are we setting up these rocks, Joshua? We're setting up these rocks so that when your children come and say, Dad, why is that pile of rocks there? He's going to say, because son, daughter, God parted the Red Sea. He delivered us. He delivered our people out of slavery. He delivered us from Pharaoh. He parted the Red Sea. We went through on dry land. And then he sustained us in the world. You know, like the testimony of all the powerful acts of God. He stopped up the Jordan. We crossed again. And, you know, or, or Jacob goes. He falls asleep and has a dream. He encounters God in a dream. He sees the stairway. Angels ascending, descending. One like the Son of Man seated at the top. He wakes up. He sets up a stone. What am I saying? That we've got, it's important that we as the people of God adopt the same value system of our Father. I guess this does fit into creating healthy family. It comes back to the Father. Everything does. It comes back to the Father. But, but do you understand? So what they memorialized, even in the Old Covenant, was acts of power. And it was acts of power that went ahead of the Israelites to these foreign nations. And I don't even know. You ever wondered how they heard? But like before, they're, they're on the other side. They're getting ready to cross over. And they're like, we, ho, oh, oh. We've heard about this God, the, their God. He he's done the, all these things. They they keep winning. They he's parting. He's doing all these miracles for them. And they knew, even though they were going to oppose the Israelites, they were afraid because they knew they had a God who demonstrated power. And so the power of God is in our lives. This is the message today. Not that we hope, that we strive, that we need to get some power. No, the message is, you're full of power. You are full of power. You are a walking counter. And I believe that it is God's heart that every believer carries within themselves a mark from God where they have met him in a powerful way. Now, what can it look like? The power of God. You know what? It can look like deliverances, right? Demonic deliverances. That's real. It happens. It happens today. Healings. Miracles. What else, though? Conviction. Salvation. Do you know, there is a power. Billy Graham's life. I, I've, I've marveled at Billy Graham's gift and his life. Because he wasn't actually known for miracles, and this may seem a contradiction, but there was a power on his preaching. So I'm just saying, the power of God can look like this, that a very simple message goes forward, but that the power, this is the spirit, okay? It may not be dunamis, but it is a demonstration of the spirit, where when he spoke, people just heard the simple message of the gospel, and they were cut to the heart. That's the power of God in the people. Only the power of God can come and move a heart. When I did, when I, let me see if I made that note here. I want to read this to you. When I did the study in, uh, so it, it's in Thayer's. It says, um, one of, it, it can be a proof by the spirit and the power of God operating in me and stirring in the minds 
of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. So in other words, I can't persuade you with words, but there's there is a power of God that goes out when I share with my coworker that when they hear it, something else happens. I didn't just hear. You hear what I'm saying? And so we want to be open and ready. And this is so this is how we do it. We live our lives knowing. I have a message of a kingdom of power living inside of me. I am an ambassador of that kingdom. Now, wherever I go, there are opportunities. And so I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for the availability. And so somebody's like, well, oh, man, you know, my knee is really hurting. You're like, oh, opportunity. I know somebody who heals knees. And so right there, you can be in the grocery store. It's fun. It's so fun. Here's what I found. Sometimes unbelievers, I don't want to make a doctorate out of this, but I will tell you this. People who don't know God almost always get healed. It's the craziest thing. And, and I just think because, I don't know, I think they just have no grit or no filter. They, they might not have faith, but they don't have a lot of unbelief either. So there's like a blank slate. And if you'll just step out, God will meet them there because he is so eager to show the reality of himself to them. Man, it's amazing. I'm like, it, you, you pray for somebody who doesn't know God. And they, they almost always get touched. And if they don't, who cares? At least they've been loved on. All right. Oh, we're closing. Um, I'm going to crash land this plane because that went really fast. Um, and so I've just been stirred up. And um, would you stand? You know, I saw that Barna did a study on um, the, like the, the many different ways that the church of the world fulfills the Great Commission. And they were going about it saying, well, there's just many ways to fulfill the Great Commission, and there are. I just think that it's important that if Jesus had us wait to receive power before we went out and did that mission, then the power was key. And that actually it might be impossible to do without power. Power to be a witness. The good news is that you're bursting at the seams with God. <laughs> you're bursting at the seams with God. Would you just put your hands out? I want to pray for you. We had this word last, a whole bunch of people were touched last Sunday night here at the ministry night. Thank you for all who came. And a, a word came out of it called resurgence. And it's just another wave, another, just a resurgence that, um, that God was speaking to us about that. And, and so, God, I just thank you that today we would be infused with a fresh faith. God, that we would be infused with a fresh faith. Right now, let them melt over you. Yeah. Some of you feel that coming over. It's an anointing. It's tangible. Thank you for infusing us with a fresh faith. God, for anointing us fresh. I thank you for your anointing on our lives. 
I thank you for the freedom to walk it out. I thank you, God, that people are just hungry and waiting for a powerful encounter with the God of love. And that you are poised, that you are looking to touch them and pour out. So I pray for boldness today, faith to be released. In Jesus' name.